0: this episode, the best laid plans of mice and men off times go astray. A series of child care centres in Haifa, Israel. 4.30pm or whatever it is. The place is packed. You can't get near it. Any parent arriving more than 10 minutes past the appointed pickup hour would get a fine. Late pickups double. Trading a moral obligation to pick your kid up time to a fee for service. Yeah. So... Humans are jangling messes of nerve endings in a bag of skin, um, not logical, rational machines. Yeah.
1: Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan.
0: And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And if you happen to be in Europe, a bit of an opportunity presents. Rob Grundle is traveling from Melbourne across to Europe, and he's running some accreditation programs in Europe over the next uh, few days. Well, next In few weeks. Spain, isn't it? So uh, if you're interested, reach out. Uh, just contact us at uh, People at Anecdote and uh, might be an opportunity to catch up with Rob. And uh, I actually just got off the phone with him and he had an absolutely cracking story from George Costanza from uh, from Seinfeld. So anyway, you might be able to get a story or two out of Rob. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Oh, well, he'll have fun over there. I believe he's going to Spain. So uh, hopefully it's nice and sunny for him. Hey, yeah. we got a story. You have a story, I should say. So I do. I do. So let 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 me just throw to you, and you can tell tell us what you got.
0: Okay. Well, you've heard the saying that the best laid plans of mice and men oft times go astray. Well, this is an example from the book Freakonomics, which is published in two thousand and five, and it's the study though the story is based around. Uh, some research done at a childcare centre, or in fact, a series of childcare centres in Haifa, Israel. And the the, the, the issue uh, that these childcare centres were facing was that there is a pickup time, right? The yeah. parents pick their kids up at X time. And a whole bunch of... There were regular occurrences of parents picking their kids up late, which meant that the staff had to stay back and you know, whatever yeah. plans they had were being thwarted, but also there was the, the extra cost, the, the, the childcare centres were incurring in overtime, et cetera. And so they needed to do something about this. Now, a couple of economists went, hmm, this is an interesting challenge, and they set their minds to it. Do you and reckon, they, they, had, do they, you reckon did...
1: they had kids at that, uh, that uh, childcare centre? Well, I think look, that, that might have been the starting point.
0: <laughs> they, 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 they may well have done. Um, so, uh, the the fortunately in free economics they they do reference the uh, the original research. Mm-hmm. So, but that's that's uh, that might something reveal. to check out a bit mm-hmm. more about that. Yeah. Yep. And I, I look, I, I I actually have some empathy for the parents who are picking their kids up because remember when I was doing the the drop off and pick, I used to hate being the you know my turn to pick the kids up or drop them off because at the the, you know the appointed time you know 4:30 p.m. or whatever it is the place is packed you can't get near it and it's <laughs> you know, I just don't like queues and 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 uh yeah when you're doing laps trying to find somewhere to park and yeah uh, anyway i have some empathy so the uh the, the first part of the study that the the economists conducted was just gathering data so what they were doing was looking at the number of of times, a number of incidents per week across the daycare centres that the the parents were late, and on average it was it was eight per day, right? Eight late pickups per day across the range. Now you know you've got a number of centres, and yeah, you, know, you can imagine this is going to add up pretty quickly. Yeah. And so after gathering the data, they decided to enact the fine. And it was announced to all the parents that any parent arriving more than 10 minutes past the appointed pickup hour would get a fine, right? Right. And the fine would be $3 per child per incident. And the fine would be added to their monthly bill, right? So the monthly bill is $380 or thereabouts, and the $3 would be added to that. Right. So they announced the uh, they announced the fine. They announced the date that it would be enacted, and on the date that it was enacted, the number of lake pickups doubled. Doubled. More than doubled.
1: Is that right? Went
0: to twenty. Ah, gotcha. And <laughs> um, obviously, their plan backfired, um, and they backfired because what they thought would be a disincentive actually turned it out trading a moral obligation to pick your kid up time to a fee for service so i I feel perfectly okay to pick my kid up late because i'm paying my three bucks i'll pick them up whenever i bloody want
1: and it's a pretty low fee too isn't it especially considering the monthly fee or whatever it is uh um, three bucks nah nothing Wow. So that's it. They, so they, they stuffed it. Uh, Well, I wonder what they did after that. Did they, uh, I wonder if they quickly turned off the uh, fine system.
0: Yes. Yes. I I hope they did because uh, as you know, like it's just, it's just that thing, you know, we, we, we love to think these logical and rational solutions uh, uh, are going to work, but humans are jangling messes of nerve endings in a bag of skin um, not logical, rational machines. Yeah. Well, I love that. Well, in know. fact, you know, I'm I'm going to examine that because you you think about that from the parents' perspective. That particular example, and it and it is a very logical thing because it's now a fee for service.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially you know, you gave your example of not really loving the uh, the lines, etc. You know, for three bucks, you would yeah.
0: easily oh, exactly pay three pay bucks, three
1: bucks, three bucks to miss a line, right? Uh, you, you yeah. Know. So it's not even what you would pay for a cappuccino. Maybe back then it was. But, um, yeah, so, I, you know, like, you know me, I love an experiment story, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of sits in that, um, you know, sits in that area. And But I, what I do love about your telling of that story is you throwing in your own personal experience, right? And I think this is the bit that a lot of people in, as they're learning storytelling, they don't realise how powerful that is to bring in their own moment, their own, you know, little uh, experience, because it kind of makes the story that they're telling their story in some way, you know, they've got a, now a bit of a connection to that
0: story. Um, Yeah. And and it also, that was the only bit of the story that was in any way visual. Got, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, it, when you're when you when you're telling a story that is kind of a a, a broad set of events, such as the the daycare centre study, it just in, it brings it to life enormously. The, it amplifies the impact. Yeah. Simply by adding in some specific moment. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I like that. I like that. And I like that it's a pretty simple setup and payoff sort of story, isn't it? You know, you got this problem, they try to figure, you know, come up with a solution. The solution failed. End of story. Um, yep. And, and so, yeah, it's very simple to follow. You know, some of the things in that story that I just, because I sort of partly referred to my thought as you're telling the story, is it right. like, why do why would economists get involved in a daycare problem you know there must have been a connection between the like it yeah. might have been a university daycare center right and then i can imagine they get involved in those sort of things but i know the daycare centers i've been involved in in my life would have never have had any economists uh, hanging around them doing these studies <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought you know that sort of went through my mind um what do you like? What did you like about the story? What what are the bits in it that you've sort of enjoyed telling?
0: Oh, well, look, the the the, the bit the surprise, the fact that it doubled. Yeah. And you know, so I I you know like paused for impact on the doubled. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't just exactly. blurt it out. Um, and because it's interesting that in humans are prediction machines, and you you know, you take that series of events. And it's likely that many listeners were thinking, oh, it would decrease. And so just by pausing like that, you give people's brains time to kind of make that leap. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, ah, wow, well, it's not that at all. So that kind of gives the ability to amplify the effect of the story, yes. to amplify the impact. Actually, you know what? So, yeah, good- I really like that. Well, I think what you could do, even
1: to take that one step further, is if you're in a presentation, you know, and you're on a stage, sort of environment, uh, you could actually at that point say to the audience, okay, hands up if you think it went up or hands up if you think it went down, you know, like actually get some, you know, audience participation in it. Um, not too sure yeah, how, I, mean, well, I don't you know how that would those, work you
0: know, out. Sorry? hey, we you just use one of those Minty uh, 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 survey things, yeah. you know, up, down, no change and have that up on the screen and. Yeah yeah, that's right. it just happens.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. so that would be cool. Um, uh, what, what about, about let's let's have a think about what we could make this story even better Well, and I
0: actually can I before we go on to that yeah, uh, just yeah. other things that I liked about it Oh right? okay um, what else did you like? the it's it's compact and the it, it it fits the pattern of a relevant statement which, we always talk about, right? It's it's how you introduce the story into the conversation, right? Mm. It makes it pretty easy to have a relevant statement. Um, and in fact, we had a little conversation about before starting about what that relevant state would be. makes it very easy to land a point. So it's a compact story that has a clear point and it, it just really easy to slip into conversation. Now,
1: I think we have a slight differing of opinion here. Uh, not on that particular point, but it's about the relevant statement, and and I'll bring it up. So, uh, I suggested a a, a relevant statement that was essentially giving away the the, the, the ending. The, the ending, right? Um,
0: spoiler. It was a, a spoiler.
1: spoiler. It was a spoiler. But I was just reading the other day that they've done all this research on, um, uh, you know, Hollywood movies. And they've shown now that people actually get more enjoyment out of the movie knowing the ending and all the spoilers, right? It's, it goes against what we think, you know, happens versus what actually happens. Um, and so with that in mind, I would wonder whether it's okay to have a relevant statement that gives away the, the ending because oh, in some yeah. ways it's, it's just a preemptive thought about what might happen. And when it happens, you go, oh, you know, you sort of like your little penny drop, like, oh, yeah, there it is." Um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting to to uh, find out. Uh,
0: I don't know. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to have a look at that research. That's because mm. uh, it's certainly not what I what I would have expected. No, um, you know, the disappointment that people have when you accidentally drop the fit, you know, drop the the punchline of a movie or something. Oh, I know. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to tell you about one. I yeah. was watching the show Snowpiercer, oh, right? Yes. The, the series Snowpiercer. You know how that ends. And oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the characters, one of my favourite characters, Melanie, um, dies. Well, you didn't, you know, like you didn't know she died, but the circumstances are that there's no, there's no way die, she was right? coming back from that. Um, Right And and so I was going, oh, no, oh, no, that's killing me. Oh, Mel, I really like Melanie. And somebody was watching it with me and said, eh, you never know. Might be a comeback. I'm like, <laughs> and every episode that I've watched since then, I'm waiting for the comeback. And guess what? Last night I watched an episode and there was a hint. There's a, a hint, hint of a comeback. So but I wouldn't say it increased my enjoyment it but certainly has oh, increased know. your anticipation well, so much true, so much true. so
1: that you're telling a story about it see I, I think on the podcast that's right yeah. so I think I think
0: my my perspective here might actually hold up <laughs> you're, are you trying to use empirical evidence to support your claim Sean <laughs> crazy idea
1: oh um, goodness so anything uh, else anything else research? you
0: like about the um
1: the, the story? The, oh, just yeah. compact. 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 Okay, good. Righto. Well, we already touched on one thing we'd like to, well, a suggestion on how to make it even better. Um, I mean, it's such a compact little story, it's not much you can do. I really love, you know, your
0: own personal moment in it. Um,
1: yeah. I, can you think of anything you've,
0: you've changed or do differently? Yeah. So so I think what would improve that would be if I'd have read the original research rather than just the Freakonomics economics Our version. Uh, uh, Relating of the story, right? right. Because reading the original search would have allowed me to do the story journalist thing, which is when did it happen? Like, that's the first thing I want to know. And so I think knowing when it happened would, uh, well, it's important. So that's a way of making it even better. Yes, I agree.
1: The other thing I would mention is the relevant statement you did choose was, you know, a very literate uh, literary I should say uh, you know Steinbeck uh, reference and um, and I'm wondering if you're standing in front of a group of coal miners uh, down in uh, Latrobe Valley that 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 uh, opening may not be the the best opening
0: I suppose well, it's about you know, audience and
1: context is that right
0: I don't know well yeah so it's a it's a relevant statement isn't it and the idea of the relevant statement is is to make it relevant to your audience, to yes. make it relevant mm. to your audience, and so absolutely, it's like you know pretty much any aspect of the use of story in a business context is uh, understanding your audience because it's not about you. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. A Steinbeck quote to a bunch of coal miners—that's probably going to fall flat, and you know, <laughs> you're probably getting you probably get beaten up on the way out. Yeah, I am um, you of the the Blues Brothers scene where they've. Uh, are they they're playing the at the um place Western. with the chicken wire? Yeah, that's yeah. right. We do both kinds. Yeah. So that's now, one thing to make it how are we gonna
1: use how are we gonna use this story, Mark? Where are you gonna use it?
0: When people oh, start uh, recommending I, incentive schemes? Well, I think that for any incentive scheme, that's a useful thing because we often th- we often think that humans are logical, rational, and that they'll respond to incentives in a planned way, but there's so much more that that happens underneath. It's it's like a a, a, a cautionary tale. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um,
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the main
0: place. Um, Perhaps another one is where you suspect somebody's overconfident. Right. And you just... It's let me overconfident give you an in
1: what they think the result will be. Is that what you mean?
0: Well, well yeah. Uh, so, people who are, who are uh, strongly advocating, confidently advocating that the result, the outcome of this intervention will be X. X right. Yes. And you yes. Go, well, and things there. don't always go the way you thought they might. So, mm. right, da da da, da, da. So, yeah. Um, yeah. dealing okay. with overconfidence, um, um, complexity. Uh, if an example, uh, if somebody's trying to understand the difference between uh, uh, complicated problems and complex problems, you might go, "Well, wow, mm. this looked like a complicated problem, but but it was found wasn't." Yeah, yeah, they're all good ones. I can't think
1: of many. That was very good, Mark. You got three in a row there: bang, 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 bang. Okay. Yeah.
0: You know what? I'm what? I'm in fact a little disappointed. No, not disappointed, but I'm a little surprised because. uh a compact story like that can often be used for a whole uh, like a, a plethora where we, you know we smash out the the potential business applications of the story and yep. here we are we've got three and we've struggled a little bit hit, yeah. hit the wall
1: Oh, three is good though yeah got to have at least one you know that's the important yep. one it's a pretty big one incentives is a big mm. topic right so yeah i'm just having that does it remind you of any incentive stories um, not at the tip of my tongue.
0: No, I one, one that I heard working doing running a leadership program uh, for a, a, a tech company. Uh, um, yeah, it's a global tech company, and had an example of where somebody came up with the idea of issuing all the managers with a book of movie tickets. You know, a, a you know, I don't know, ten or twenty movie yep. tickets, mm-hmm. and when their staff did something good. You just, hey, movie business. ticket, movie ticket. Yeah, right. Yeah. And one of the managers said, it was fantastic at the start. And very quickly, I would ask somebody to do something completely routine and they'd be putting out their hand going, where's movie my movie tickets. ticket? Yeah, that's right. And it completely backfired. Yeah. Instead of motivating people, it became an expectation. Actually, that
1: reminds me of a government department that moved from Melbourne to Geelong. And in the move, they asked people to document essentially their knowledge in inverted commas. Um, and so, you know, people, depending on the effort they put in to write down all the things that they knew or the processes that they used, etc. you know, if you put a lot in and you had a lot of experience, you got... X dollars, And, you know, it sort of went down to a sort of a lower amount. Anyway, everyone made the move. And, of course, same, almost the same pattern that you're describing there when they're asked to participate and provide their view and, you know, their expertise on something. Again, they would sort of say, well, what, what amount of money are you going to pay me for that? So it just totally screwed oh. up their culture. Absolutely screwed up their culture. It took them years to untangle that mess. So I think that's the cautionary tale, isn't it? Be careful of mm. what you start to make
0: explicit uh, in your organisations. Well, uh, of course, there's this a, a, a relatively unknown book called Punished by Rewards by Alfie Cohn. Yes. It oh, lists through all that, well, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, just a, a, a plethora of examples like this of, yeah. of rewards and incentives gone wrong. Yep, yep.
1: Uh, Fantastic. Well, let's give it a score, hey? Let's give this baby a score. I think it's my my go, isn't it? I'm going to give this a, a six, you know, a sort of solid six. Is there such a thing as a solid six? I think yeah, yeah. it's a good if, story. If you're, very,
0: very, you're locked in hard on six. That's yeah. 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 But I yeah, it's a
1: story I like. I'm just not sure I'll be able to tell it that often. So um, but yeah. What are you gonna give it? How does it feel for you?
0: Oh, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. Well you're backing and... it in, are you? Um <laughs> well the issue of incentives does come up, and now that I've actually got that story, then it'll be there in my story bank, and I'll be able to use it. And and having related it on the podcast, it's more likely it'll be in my memory. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it might be an interesting one uh, at at you know at at the pub or at a barbecue. Um, that might be another place where you could use it?
1: Maybe, maybe. People always look at me a little bit uh, suspicious when I start pulling out research stories. I find experiment stories at barbecues, even my (laughs) wife is sort of uh, nudging me like, shut up, Sean. No one wants to hear that. Um, They prefer the funny little anecdote as opposed to the research with with good idea story, I think. Is that unfair?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think it it is unfair that the human condition (laughs) does preclude you from using those stories effectively in a social environment, Mm, It's terrible.
1: Well, guys, thank you again for listening in for Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week for your next episode on how to put stories to work. Bye for now.